Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 146 of 15 Minutes of Genius. Uh, thank you for joining us. And we bring on just really great entrepreneurs, people that are in it for the short haul, but usually the long haul. And uh, this entrepreneur, she is amazing. Um, she's had her company for 10 years and they're doing better than ever and they're growing and um, yeah, they're, they're staying power in what she has done. So before rolling into our guest, just a big plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark N at ManhattanBeachStudios.net. Normally we can see him, but the camera broke from his studio where he's doing all this. Not studio, but he's doing it from a van down by the river. Literally, he has a he has a van that's all hooked up that controls this entire setup right outside of our studio. So, Mark, wherever you are, we hope that you're well. You're about 50 feet away from me, but we can't see you. All right, so make sure to reach out to him, Mark Studios.net for photos, for audio, for video, and also he does podcasts. So he can do all this for you from the comfort of his van. So, all right, just kidding. So our guest, without further ado, is Nicole Cardone. She is the CEO and co-founder of Sorbabes Gourmet Sorbet, which has a nice ring to it. So a little bit about the company and about her. After eight years of working in the private financial sector as a financial analyst for companies such as J.P. Morgan and Credit Suisse, First Boston, Nicole is now the CEO and co-founder of the New York-based craft sorbet company, Sorbabes Gourmet Sorbet. Sorbabes is the first to market a craft sorbet with gourmet toppings mixed in, sounds delicious, and also first to market rich whole nut-based sorbets with texture to rival the finest artisanal ice creams. Sorbabes is on a mission to reinvent treats for today's modern consumer with a healthy insight. Nicole, how are you? I'm great, how are you? Doing really good. Thank you for uh, staying up late with us because you are, I can't see the screen on where you're at, but I figure you are in New York, right? I'm actually in Florida right now. In Florida. Okay, cool. So mm -hmm. still late. Uh, you're three hours ahead unless you're on the panhandle. Um, what city are you in? Because again, I can't see from here. Yes, I'm actually in Sarasota. Okay, right on, right near the Unify Warehouse. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. So if they don't receive their product on time, you could actually knock on their door like, where the hell is the product? Do you have it here? So anyway. I personally deliver it. <laughs> personally deliver it. Right on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you could. So yeah. uh, you don't have time for it, though. But Unify, so Unify is a huge natural distributor, for those that don't know. They distribute to Whole Foods and to natural grocers and you know, uh, a lot of other retailers as well. And so they have a major distribution center in Sarasota. So that's why we're, we're joking about it. So for mm -hmm. those that don't know. All right. So let's, uh, let's go back to what we were talking about off, you know, offline, right before we went on tape, you told me a little bit about your story about being in the financial district and what you want to do there. And then suddenly kind of shifting your life to more about what really make made you and makes you happy and fulfilled every single day. So um, yeah, why don't we go into that? Uh, you can say it like it's the first time you've said it, um, even though I just heard it, but that's why we're entrepreneurs and visionaries. We can make it sound great every single time. So tell us about your story and how you arrived at making sorbet ice cream. 
Sure. Yeah. So um, I guess I can't start without mentioning that I was born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska. So for the majority of my life, I always felt like an outsider. And so I wanted to go to New York City and work on Wall Street and make millions of dollars and live a high powered penthouse kind of life. And that was kind of the idea I had. And then um, I actually made that happen. And turns out it wasn't as fulfilling as I wanted it to be. I mean, it was full of stress and a lot of work that was not making me feel whole. And when the market crashed in 2008, took a few years and really the bottom of all the financial markets in, in New York City kind of fell out and all the big banks were letting their analysts go. And I think by 2010, 2011, I was kind of looking for work and realizing that it just wasn't what I wanted anymore. And it's interesting because I, I look back now and this really coincides with the huge boom of artisanal craft food entrepreneurs in Brooklyn during the sort of 2010, 2012, 13 years where um, that really started to explode in Brooklyn. And we were one of those brands. I had um, a co-founder, uh, my, my partner, I call her my better half. She really represents the uh, more culinary aspects of the business. I do more of the sort of business parts and she, came, she and I came together um, not as friends initially, but more as an arranged marriage. Uh, we kind of joke that we were, we were batch made and had this fun idea with sorbet and wanted to, to put it together. We sort of saw that across the board, all the sorbets out there were um, kind of boring in a way they you know it's like all these great innovations and in artisanal ice creams and frozen yogurts and non-dairy ice creams but yet sorbet is actually the oldest frozen dessert in history and it always has kind of remained the same it was lemon mango strawberry super sweet very one-dimensional frozen fruit juice um and we just had an opportunity, we thought, in front of us to, to reinvent that. And so we started with our love of Ben and Jerry's and eating those, you know, chunks with a fork and saying, how can we apply this to sorbet type products so we would get um, really ripe, fresh peaches from the farmer's market, for example, and then we would make a rich sorbet out of it. And then we would fold in chunks of cinnamon cookie streusel. And you would just get this like frozen cobbler experience that was technically a sorbet. And we thought, man, this is, this is really cool. Um, we should test this out and see if people like this. And um, we started selling at uh, a local farmer's market in Brooklyn. And we, at the time, also were playing around with the idea of well, if sorbet is made with fruit purees, what if we use nut butter instead of just a fruit puree? So we started making like a pistachio sorbet using pistachio butter. And the, the texture and consistency was exactly like ice cream because nuts have so much fat and fiber in them. It gives a real body to the, the ice cream. So yeah. we were making these nut butter sorbets that just completely took everybody by storm. And I feel like that was really the beginning of something special. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's such an amazing story because like your background, your financial background, like eight years, right? Doing that, like eight years of your life. I can really relate to that because I was with an insurance company, a top fortune 200 insurance company for eight years, you know, and yeah. I was more on the sales side. I did do account management. I did also help co-manage part of an office and some people in that office, but it just gets old, you know, after after a while it's just the same thing insurance and financial like that that passion you can only have so much passion for it before it just <laughs> becomes very boring and like you don't feel like you're 
learning and really growing as a human being. And really the best way to grow as a human being is to do something that's extremely challenging, not to have a predictable day every single day and to venture mm -hmm. off and create something out of nothing that you can say, this is something that I created that's in the market that people are enjoying. And there's nothing really more fulfilling than that, which is why usually when, you know, when I talk to entrepreneurs, they may be stressed out, but they're happy. Like they're very fulfilled and excited about what they do every day. And you definitely have that, that vibe where you feel good about what you're doing. You have a big smile. And even 10 years later, like you still are as excited about your products as you were when you first created it. So, um, so that's, that's yeah. your journey is, is a, it's a long journey. And what is your goal with, with Sorbabes, right? Um, do we, are you looking at, Hey, I'd like to continue growing this become, you know, even, you know, you know, be, you know, continue becoming more profitable, more sustainable and just grow it long-term or eventually wanting to sell the company. Where are you at with the company, you know, being 10 years in, what do you, what's your like next five years look like? Yeah, I think that's just such a critical question that every entrepreneur has to ask themselves is what do you want? You know, are you are you in this to grow it quickly and sell it or is this more of a lifestyle decision that you want to work for yourself until it's time to finish working? And for Deborah and me, we decided early on that we wanted to build it to sell it. And Quickly, we partnered with um, the largest ice cream company in the country. Actually, they came to us and offered us a licensing deal where at the end of four years, we would have a buyout option. And so we had four years to work with the largest ice cream company in the United States, which was very exciting and had a lot of time to think about that exit and what that would mean for us. And ultimately, we started to realize that if we sold Sore Babes, we would just want to start another company just like it. I mean, I don't know what else I would do with myself. And Deborah was, is the same. And so we ultimately decided that our, our passion for being entrepreneurs is really about being creative and creating things and contributing something new to the world and making things that already exist better potentially. And um, also I'm really enjoying building teams and having people that are on our team that work with us. It's so collaborative and fun. It doesn't feel like the hierarchy that I remember from banking, where it was like, you have a boss and then, you know, you have subsid, you know, people that are um, below them. I mean, we really try to work as a team where we hire people that are really smart and we really value everybody's contribution. So I think it's so much more than just meets the eye when you're running a business. And our goal, I think is to keep growing and, um, maybe adding more product lines. Uh, we do have some fun launches coming up for 23, which I can't wait to start talking about, but a little mm. too early. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, Hey, this is not going to air for another like month and a half. So maybe by the time it airs, no, but it's still, it's 2023. So it's a ways away. So you're working yeah. on some innovation and you currently have, you just have the main line of sorbets right now. So, we had we have a very interesting story with our lines. At the end of uh, 2020, we had 12 SKUs. We had seven pints and five bars. We just launched these novelty bars. When COVID hit, it was really tough, and that was actually the end of our license agreement with this large um, conglomerate that we were working with. And so, we had to take a big step back and say if we wanted to continue to continue to run this. And and I also have to mention, Deborah and I have never raised money. 
So we have done, we've done everything organically. So we still own hundred percent of the company wow. and we wanted to keep it that way as long as possible. So we decided to scale back and um, we let go of the pints because we found that the bars when we launched them were selling better than the pints. And I think that also has to do with some of the, the innovation that you come out with. It's amazing. And when you're in farmer's markets, you can let people taste it and they can understand it. But when it's on the shelf, it's much harder for a consumer to maybe understand what a pistachio sorbet experience might be. I think a lot of people might not want to, you know, risk $9 on a pint if they might not like it. Right. So I think that we were facing a little bit of, um, of like trying to get people to understand what sorbet indulgent sorbet was. Cause I think people still maybe had this idea that it was a, a palate cleanser. And I think when you have these bars, so our bars that we have now offer a soft sorbet center. So instead of a hard fruit bar, it's kind of icy, it's super soft, but then they're flavor dipped in these creamy flavorful coatings with crisps. Mm -hmm. So it's just a super indulgent experience, but really fun to eat with layers of flavor and texture. And the consumers are really, really liking it. And we're seeing our sales just boom. And um, so that's been really exciting. It's just evolution. Yeah. You figured out what, what worked, what didn't work. You weren't afraid to cut things, uh, not get too emotionally attached, right, to, to certain product lines. I really uh, commend you, yeah, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, it's really, I mean, I could see it on your face. It's like really hard to let go of certain things that are just not working and then focusing on what is working because you're like, I remember creating that. I remember our first account and bringing it in and there's this, definitely this emotional connection. So, but the greatest, I think, co-founders and the greatest team are the ones that know how to let go of things that are not working and do it efficiently and quickly for the sake of actually um, saving the company and making sure that the company is sustainable and profitable. So. These are all hard decisions, yeah. but someone's got to make hard decisions. Like I make that at Genius Juice if we have to let someone go um, or if we have to cut a skew and or have a new skew or cut a retailer that just we felt is, is not the right partner for us. Right. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, not to go off on all these tangents, but entrepreneurs, they put everyone else first except their business. Like, oh, oh yeah, I'll give you free fill oh yeah, you know, I'm going to raise all this capital and I'm going to dilute myself down to nothing. And like for the sake of growth and they try to grow too fast and too aggressively. And before you know it, you know, you're out of capital, you're in the wrong accounts, you don't have the right products and then you fail. So it's all about being extremely, extremely patient and strategic and surgical about it to do it the right way. And it takes time. It takes so much time to do it right, you know, to make those decisions. And you don't want to learn. You don't want to have mistakes. These people make mistakes. But you want to limit your mistakes so that the company can, can you know, continue thriving and growing. So I really, yeah, no, I really like your approach on it takes more time, but you're doing it right. And how many people have not raised money in this industry? I mean, it's really rare for a, a brand to own 100%. So yeah. Yeah. We're really proud of that. And, and to your point, it does take time. I mean, we're 10 years in now and we've really just hit our stride. I mean, our velocities are, are through the roof and it's just amazing to see that because we've, we've been through periods we're struggling and you're like, you're mentioning being in the wrong retailers. When we went to work with this huge um, company, they were much more of a conventional retailer and our product was, was more in the natural space or they were working with more, nat more conventional retailers and we were spread out all over the country. And it was, it was challenging because the way um, there's just different, there's different demographics for each of these 
um, retailers. And so while it may seem great to get into these huge guys, they might not be the right fit, or you just might not have grown to that level yet where it makes sense. And so mm -hmm. we had an opportunity to sort of reset when we left that partnership, which I feel like saved, saved us really. Yeah. I mean, you, you took the, the harder route, uh, however, the right route, right? You could have just sold it or done something and then do something else, but you knew that there was a huge value in what you built and created, right? And you didn't mm -hmm. want to sell yourself short. And you knew that there was a much brighter future for Surbabes and you went with your gut and you're right. Like your sales are through the roof better than ever and you control the entire destiny of this brand now uh, without having this licensing deal, which worked at that time, you know, it had its place in time, but now you're in a different phase of growth with the company. So I'm really, can, I'm really impressed with what you've done and how you've done it. And entrepreneurs are usually very impatient. Like they're so impatient. And like, <laughs> we, I think we are the opposite of that. Like I'm eight years in, I'm almost nine years in because we created it December, 2013. The first ideation came in December, 2013. So we're almost nine years in at this taping. This is summer, 2022, you're 10 years in. So good things take time. Um, look at Oatly, they've been around 20 years, right? For the first five, for the first 15 years, everyone's like, what the hell is oat milk? Why would I want oat milk? And finally they had the catalyst and it hit. And now they're a public company and they're valued at I think hundreds of millions of dollars. So good yeah. things take time, yeah. right? As you said. It's true. I, I look at all the brands that I admire and, you know, they're all at least 10 years old. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, yeah, it takes time. And they're building companies, right? They're not just building a product. They're building a foundation and a company with people and a brand that has staying power that can be around a long time. And you can also come out with new product lines, right? Under your brand, which is what you're you know, what you're going to do in 2023. That's right. So yeah. sky, sky is the limit. Uh, or Elon Musk says, you know, space is the limit basically. Or unlimited. <laughs> Onward and upward. Onward and upward. <laughs> the rocket, you know, yeah. straight yes. up. So um, <laughs> cool. All right. Well, let's get into our next segment here, which is called rapid fire questions. Rapid fire questions. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, uh. <laughs> no, I love this because I listened to the, your, I listen to the show, so I know it, but it's great. <laughs> nice, nice. You're like, yep, you already have the questions. You know the questions, right, already? Of course, I do. You prepped. You're, you're, you know, you're used to be in the finance world. Um, it's all about <laughs> preparation and doing your homework and studying it beforehand so you know what's going on, you, you know. But what if I flipped it and did questions that were not on the script? What if I did that? I'll do my best. Okay. <laughs> I, and so I, 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 the, the pressure's on me because I have to think of questions that are not on here that are good questions. So, okay. all right, so um, let, me, uh, let me think of some. So if you, were, if you had to travel, let's say it was a three hour drive, would you rather go by car or take a 30 minute flight? Um, maybe by car, yeah. Got it. I like driving, listening to music or podcasts. Yep, exactly, <laughs> like us. All right. Yeah. So, and again, I'm making some of these up on the fly. Um, are you, uh, do you drink coffee or tea? Ooh, both, but I'm really a coffee person. Got it. That's, that's the limit of what I can do off the cuff. So I'm going to go back to my script. Here, <laughs> these questions right. are terrible. Those are good. Right. No, those are good. They're good. That's yeah, a worthy effort. 
All right. Uh, for music, which I actually have another one, hot weather or cold weather? Uh, well, I'm from Alaska and I live in Florida now, so hot. Hot. hot weather. Okay, you went from the extreme of cold to the extreme of hot. <laughs> That's right. Cool. All right. For music, which decade is the best, the 70s, 80s, or 90s? I got to go with the 70s. I'm like a classic rock girl, so. Cool. And what do you do for exercise? Yoga. Cool. I I, I expected that. I'm like pro pro progressive, <laughs> fit, yoga. Uh, yep. And also New York and yep. Florida from New York, you know, you know, yep. metro areas. What, a movie that's such a stereotype, but it's true. Like people in metro areas, they love yoga. They just they like, you know, there's yoga studios everywhere. Right. So you got to zen out somewhere, you know, got to. Yeah. Movie you can watch an unlimited amount of times. Oh, my God, it's hard. Um, you know, it's funny. There's so many, but I, I go back and forth. I would say The Labyrinth. Just like a fun, like classic movie that I'm like always excited if it's on. David Bowie, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I remember that movie. It, it was a weird movie yeah. when I first saw it. It's weird. But it is. That's good. what's so cool about it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it. Uh, chocolate or vanilla? Oh, it's hard, but I, I'm a chocolate person. Um, yeah. And then favorite country to travel to? Oh, the Greek islands. Cool. And then favorite Star Wars character? I mean, I got to go with Princess Leia. Cool. She is. She's a sore babe. She's, she's a sore babe. She's, <laughs> she's powerful, she independent, like just, yeah, speaks That's her right. mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is your spirit animal? I'm an eagle. Cool. Me too. I'm big on eagles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the yeah. band, the eagles. Speaking of the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest yes. hits um and yeah like flying high super keen but also fierce when you need to be but also knowing how mm -hmm. to go you know hold back you know and not like just not go for it you know just having that the, the judgment and flying high i think i i just love eagles and i i don't really see eagles too much i think they're they're like in national parks and but i do relate to them in one big way is that we're both bald so, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because there's lots of bald eagles, obviously in Alaska, but they're also here in Florida and I can, I see them all the time here, which is really interesting because they're just completely opposite climates. Maybe yeah. they're different, different wow. types of eagles, but they yeah, can, bald eagles, they have them here. Yeah, they can, they can adapt. They can adapt. It's funny that they call them bald eagles because like all birds are bald. Like all birds have like, just like. <laughs> but they have the white head because there's other types of eagles, I think, but the bald eagle is a, a, a specific type with the white head. Okay. And the white head just looks like they're bald, I guess. That's where they got it from. Yeah, they got a fancy hat on. You know? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right. So that's so funny. And uh, do you like to drive an SUV, a coupe or a truck? Oh, probably a coupe. And then for food, salty or sweet? Sweet. And then favorite day of the week and why? I mean, I have to go with Friday because I do love working. So I get a little bit of work and then I get to, you know, it's like then half the day or the evening and getting ready to go into the weekend. So that's fun. Cool. And then Uber or Lyft? I got to go with Lyft. Yeah. A lot of people are choosing Lyft now. Like Uber is like not I as cool. The press around Uber, some of that stuff, I mean, I don't know how much of it is embellished, but it just, all of the, you know, it, not, not so, not so good. All yeah. Of it. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot too. And, uh, 
I don't know. I mean, Adam Sandler has a song called My Uber Driver Smells Bad. So that kind of, <laughs> that, that kind of, I've never been in a Lyft car that smelled bad, but Uber, I've been in a lot of cars that smell bad. It's like they, it's yeah, like they well. live, they live in their car, they eat in their car. <laughs> like, I mean, that's like the New York City taxi drivers. You can make the same song about them too, but you know. Exactly. Have you heard the song before? I haven't, I haven't, but you know, it's like, it, that's it's, really a, it's a rough life driving people around all day long. I can only imagine, you know, in, in the hot weather, especially like New York in the summer, it's, it's brutal. Oh, you're like, you're, you're melted yeah. into the seat. You're like, you can't even get yeah. out of the seat. You're melted. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, I feel bad a, for them. It's a bad, yeah, tough life. It's, it's, it's tough, <laughs> but they make a lot of money. Like they did at least in New York. I mean, they make over $150,000 a year, you know, but it's yeah. hard to yeah. earn that money. So, I was going to say, yeah, I'm sure it's, it's tough, but yep. Yeah. Making a living. Uh, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, or Kobe Bryant, the greatest of all time? Oh, Kobe. All the way. I got to go Kobe, yeah. Terminator 1 or Terminator 2 if you watch Terminator? You know, I would say 1 just because that to me is very classic. Like that was just like, you know, all the good lines came out of that and it's just sort of, you know, the classic. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I'll be back. I think that was on there. And I mean, yeah, Come with me that... if you want to live, I think was on there as well, you know, from Kyle Reese. And, uh, yeah. and I love, I think you like the film noir style, right? Like kind of the older yeah. style. And, uh, the part that I like the most about that movie is when they had to use a mannequin when he was taking his eye oh. out in the hotel. Oh, and it, it was obviously a mannequin, but like for whatever reason, like it, it kind of reminded me of like the 80s, like Gremlins and animatronics and Yoda, like that old school way of yeah. filming. And I love yeah. how they did that versus just doing special effects right on CGI. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 And it's an L.A. movie, you know, and I'm from L.A. So, you know, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. you're an L.A. guy. <laughs> Born and raised. Last yeah. question. Favorite food or drink? If you're stuck on a deserted island. You cannot say genius juice and you cannot say sore babes. I mean, I have to go with like coconut water. I feel like if I'm on an island, I'm going to be really thirsty and I want some like coconut water. So, And it's probably yeah. already growing there, like castaway style. Yeah. You just got to find a way to open it, you know? <laughs> right, right. There's a will, there's a way. <laughs> exactly. All right. So that is rapid fire questions with Nicole Cardone. <laughs> so CEO, co-founder of Sorbabes Premium Sorbet. Um frozen yogurt it's not considered an ice cream right it i mean you can call it ice cream i but call it ice cream you, you know because it's, a, it's <laughs> I has, call it ice cream it's creamy like ice cream right like you said so, yeah 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 i mean it's it's all i mean it's all the same it's ultimately all the same. it's just whether it has dairy in it or not but yeah and yours is like non-dairy basically it's non-dairy yeah it's plant-based we were plant-based before that was even really a really a thing. thing so yeah. yeah the og the og plant-based the plant-based babes, mm -hmm. you know, that could be your, that's right. That's like your tagline. That's the extension. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the extension line. Exactly. That, yeah. That's a prime. Probably that, that probably could be it. 2023 heard it here first. <laughs> All right. So they get um, royalties. They got royalties. Thank you. I'll, I'll do a license. <laughs> I'll do a licensing deal. No. Um, so yeah, thank you for uh, joining us, uh, Nicole, like just hearing your story. Um, one of the, I think one of the most inspiring stories I've heard just about the grit of being an entrepreneur and like getting through it and like coming out the other side and like not raising any money. She owns a hundred percent of the company with her partner. I mean, how freaking rare is that? So I think you're one of the first guests. I think there's maybe even one other one that's owned a hundred percent, but 
that's because they were new, you know, <laughs> like you've been around <laughs> years and they have not had to raise money. So yeah. that's off to what you've done. Congratulations. And can't wait to see what's to come, you know, with your new product line yeah. and uh, congrats on all the growth. Awesome. Well, thanks, Alex. It's been great talking with you. I'm just so excited to have an opportunity to be on the show. And uh, yeah, I'm a big fan and wish you all the best as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, take good care. Wonderful night. All right. So that is episode 146 of 15 Minutes of Genius with Nicole Cardone of Sore Babes. Make sure to Google, look it up and go to her LinkedIn. She has 91 connections. I'm sorry to say on LinkedIn. She's probably laughing right now, but 91 connections. We got to get more connections for her on LinkedIn. So uh, give her some LinkedIn love. All right. So um, again, uh, 146 is in the bag. Uh, big plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark Manhattan There's everything right below. Make sure to reach out to him. Seriously, reach out. Like I'm saying that because this guy is so damn good at what he does. He's so good at product photography. He's so good at doing podcasts. He's so good at video stuff. Like, you need to reach out to him. He has a team of people, all based in Southern California, but he's in a van. He can go anywhere in LA, anywhere. He can travel across to you and film everything you need to tell your story of your brand. So make sure to reach out to him. All right, so uh, that is it. And one last thing. I stay genius, my friends. Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you.